Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. All right, I need to run this concept that I came up with by you. So every now and then, I'll just have like a quick one-liner pun come into my mind. And I need to just text it to someone, and I'll text it really fast so that way like it's out of my mind, so I'm not dwelling on it any longer. So I was at work, and this came out of nowhere, so I texted Bailey. And I just texted Bailey the one line, if you like bina coladas. Okay. What, I th- if you what, Say it one more time. If you like bina coladas. Being a coladas? Nope. Nope. Bean, like B-E-A-N, A coladas. So it rhymes with pina coladas, bina coladas. You tracking so far? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Bailey did something. Wait, that, that was I a had, joke. No, you didn't say that, anymore. The, that was the end of the joke, right? Um, and Bailey did something that people don't usually do to me. Normally, they get like the one liner like that. They roll their eyes. We move on with our days. No, no, no. They read that and they responded, "Keep going. Keep, keep going." Not a response I've ever had before. So I came up with the following (laughs) lyrics in about 30 seconds. So this is my Pina Colada parody titled Bina Coladas. If you like Bina Coladas, they are high in protein. If you're not into salads, if you want something lean, if you like cooking for tomorrow's food. In the room with the cakes. I'm the bean that you looked for. Cook with me meat that's fake. And that's it. That's the chorus of uh, Bean a Colada. Thoughts? It never ceases to amaze me how different we are. So you're telling me you don't like Escape, parentheses, the Bean a Colada song. Yeah. Um... That blows my mind that you spent so much time on that. I know that no, you no, said, no, no, oh, no, 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 I, no, no. Did, I did it in 30 seconds. I, yeah. But you looked up the lyrics. You did. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Did you listen to the tune? No, I didn't. Did you listen to the tune before we started recording so you did it to the right melody? Nope. How much How much have you listened to the song that you didn't need to do that? Not that much. I guess I... It is a very catchy tune. We all saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, correct. Yeah, what's up? I have some... More follow-up questions. <laughs> Hit me with it. Have you considered the fact that she told you to continue as a way of killing the bit? Bailey doesn't usually roll like that. So I'm going to say that no, she just wanted to like make, she wanted me to flex my uh, creative juices. Or, you know what? Sure, Craig. <laughs> You're just jealous. You couldn't come up with something like that. I... Listen, dude, you're talking to the person who wrapped his eighth grade vice president speech over Yeah by Usher, dude, in front of the entire school. So So, I don't understand why you're not on my side with this. Because Yeah by Usher and the Pina Colada song that can only be by what? Jimmy Buffett? No. Well, guess what? It is. And if it wasn't before, it is now. Totally different, dude. Totally different. That's like the guy who goes into a school dance and does the mashed potato, and then the guy who moonwalks. Okay? They're both dancing, but they're totally different people. And one is weird, and one is awesome. So, yeah, um, I think that you are conflating the concept that by not being weird... Uh, or rather, let me rephrase that. I think you are conflating the concept that you have to be not weird in order to feel awesome or to do something that you're proud of. And I think that what really needs to happen is that you need to understand that I'm going to double down on the bits that make you question every second you spend with me. Well, if that was your goal, you are killing it right now, dude. You're in. I am so proud of you if that was your goal. <laughs> because it is so working. 
right now that I'm looking at the time to see how much longer we have in this intro segment so we can move on. I think next week, well, not next week, so two weeks from now. Yes. You you bring me you bring me uh the the yeah rap and, oh, I'm not gonna and we'll do discuss that because it okay was well then you're a coward grade, uh seventh grade and I I will I'll prepare something I don't know what it's gonna be but I'm gonna prepare something and it's gonna be a microcosm of our relationship and who I am as a person and our audience is gonna be like oh my gosh that's so Alex it's ridiculous. And then they're going to go back and listen to this episode. Just kidding. No one ever is going to do that. And they're going to be like, oh, that's what Craig prepared. Yikes. I think we need to understand, once again, not prepared. I had the one line. I was told to make more. I made more in less than a minute. But here's the thing. So you rather it, you didn't prepare in the moment, but you knew we were recording today. Yeah. Which means you could have. Made it better if you wanted. Picked a song. And then, hey, audience, by the way, he could have just made that up. I do that all the time. What if I just said, hey, actually, I did something similar with Macy not too long ago. I had a pun. um, And it was to uh, Bojangles by Pitbull featuring Lil John and the Yin Yang Twins. Right? And then I came up with a parody for it. And then I did it. Here's the thing. It's a lie. But it's quality content, and that and is what our audience is here for. Well, I think our audience can rest assured that I'm going to bring honesty to them uh, nine times out of ten. Listen, first of all, we've talked about this before. Um, lying is more fun. I'm encouraging our audience to lie more. Not about important stuff, but you know, to make life interesting. Spice it up a little bit. I will only tell the truth, wink, wink, so they can trust me. But hey, audience, just lie more, dude. This is like old rhetoric for me. This is like single digit episodes, Alex. Lie more. Spice it up in general. Don't be yourself. Being yourself, most people are boring. Unless you're, I don't know, me. Don't be yourself. Be someone better than yourself. And when you're sick of being a toxic person, you can come hang out with me where we do fun song parodies that make us feel good about ourselves. And if you're sick of being a toxic person, just pretend to be somebody else. It's limitless. Be like, ah, don't like this guy anymore. I'm just going to be somebody else. Just do that. Why not reinvent yourself? Okay, then why haven't you done that, Alex? First of all, (laughs) guys, I'm doing that right now. Believe it or not... Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good, I have other a.k.a.s. Am I going to tell you them? No, because I don't trust you. You can trust me, audience, but I don't trust you. So I'm not going to give out unnecessary information like, I don't know, my name. But this, I'm not going to say it's a character because that's too meta. But it's all a persona. It's a persona. I have reinvented myself. And not only have I reinvented myself, I've realized this bit has gone on for almost nine minutes. And you've been talking for most of it. And I've been talking for most of it, which now that you mention it, I don't regret any of it because the audience was without me for two whole episodes. And it is up to me to fill the sound waves with a voice that cares about them and knows that I'm going to be there sometimes as their stepdad. And that's what's important. And if you don't understand the whole stepdad thing, well, guess what? You're not a faithful follower anyway. We don't want you here. Leave. Are you done? Dude, I hate it when people say that. Are you done? Well, because all it does in my head is like, oh, go longer. That's like relax or calm down to, I don't know, a pregnant person or an angry wife. Okay. Something like okay. That. Okay. Just escalate, escalate, escalate. That's all I hear in my head is escalate. Okay. Um, let me rephrase then relax you need to calm down (laughs) i want to hang up but we're recording i really want to hang up but we're recording i'm taking a drink and allowing you to move on to our next segment okay well for the movie this week we watched uh, clockwork orange uh stanley kubrick film 1971 it is our final movie in our decades month and we will be doing a non-spoiler section first followed by a full spoiler section uh, you can stick around for that, or if you want to move on to the next segment, the improv, the improv segment, uh, you can skip ahead to this time code here. Hey guys, 
Before we get into the movie segment, I wanted to give you a little bit of a content warning. A Clockwork Orange features a lot of themes that involve sexual assault and rape, and Alex and I discuss this pretty intensely. We go pretty deep into these themes. So if this is something that you do not feel comfortable listening to, you are more than welcome to skip ahead as well. I wanted to give you an official content warning. If you wish to skip ahead to the next segment, your time code is 3630. Now, before we get started in the actual movie discussion, I want to tell a little anecdote from my childhood. Um, And you'll understand where this is going in a second. So uh, I used to do a lot of uh, children's community theater. And one of the last shows that I did, uh, I was like 14 or 15 at the time. There was an incident where one of the kids had stolen one of the other kids' phone. And like it was like this big deal for like two or three weeks. And when they finally figured out who did it, um, instead of kicking her out of the show or, you know, some other form of punishment, uh, they decided that the best way for this girl to, like, have repercussions is to confront the person whose phone she stole, like, on stage in front of the entire cast and crew. And so it was, like, this whole, like, like 15 minute ordeal where they both stood where they both sat on stools and like faced each other. And she was like, I'm sorry for stealing your phone. And like, kind of like made her confront her victim. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to do to you. Mother. Um, (laughs) believe that. So that's just inappropriate. So you guys need to understand what happened to me last night. (laughs) All right. No, you need to shut up. No laughing. None of this. (laughs) All right. So Alex watched the movie first and he texted. So I, I, he's like, Hey, do you want to record tonight? What time do you want to record? And I say, I still haven't watched the movie yet. So if I start it now, I can do it by like five 30. And he says, well, at that point, wait, watch it with your family and we'll compare notes. I got about 10 minutes into this movie when he texted me that. So uh, and if you're unfamiliar with the plot of Clockwork Orange, the first 10 minutes has like this weird scene with a homeless guy. And then there's like this like kind of graphic sexual assault scene. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe it'll just be like the first 10 minutes. That's super weird. But we'll get over that. We'll get over that road bump. And, you know, it'll be the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. So I stopped the movie, rewound it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait. And I practically like. I have to convince my mom to watch this movie because she didn't want to. Yes. Yes. So I am talking to my mom and I'm like, Alex really thinks we should watch this together. You know, I know it's going to be like a little bit weird at first, but like we just have to power through it. I think it's going to be a good movie in the end. It's super highly rated. And like Stanley Kubrick is like super famous and he's like one of the best directors. I, I, I you know, he really wants to do this. It'll be good for the podcast. No that and <laughs> you alex i cannot so this this movie does not have just one sexual assault scene at the beginning <laughs> there are two and the second one is way worse than the first one by like a lot and it's so bad and so it's not so bad and, and and there's just a lot of like unnecessarily inappropriate imagery in this movie and yeah. And so there's um, negative, and so there's like uh, naked artwork. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, what's the word? Phallic imagery in this movie. Um, <laughs> you know, the all the artworks either have like very pointy boobs or um, are shaped like, like a penis. Legs wide open. And so I'm watching this with my mom, <laughs> and so like I'm on my phone like trying to not look at the screen during like the first during the first sexual assault scene and i'm like okay can't wait for this to be over and then another one happens and so and so this really this really brings me to the crux of my opinion about this movie this movie sucks this movie is garbage this movie is trash okay so it goes out of its way to make the viewer feel uncomfortable but about nothing you're we're uncomfortable about nothing 
it makes us feel bad like a bad person because we decided to take our time because we were trusted we are trusting this director to give us a piece of art that we think will make us actually think about anything but it doesn't make us think it makes us hate being alive it makes us look at the people that we're watching this movie with and it makes me think this person's never gonna trust me again this person is gonna th think about my opinions and this person's gonna make me think hey this is a good time to spend quality time with each other and it's not because this movie sucks this movie is the epitome of garbage and like and like oh. so many people think that that like oh you just don't get it that's the point of the movie it's gonna make you think the point of the movie is to make you feel uncomfortable no f that that's you society for making us think that this movie is good that this movie brings anything to the planet it doesn't it's literally nothing it's malcolm mcdowell in his underwear getting touched by an old man that's literally nothing <laughs> anyway oh dude that was perfect. I'm so glad. No regrets. No regrets. All right. So that, do you want to welcome that, back our non-movie listeners? Uh, give me a second. I do want to know how far did she make it in the movie? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. How far did Andrew make it in the movie? Uh, Right before he went to prison. Like, oh, so only the bad part. Yeah. And that's the... <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I'm going to get worked up again. The... the <laughs> The thing that, like, walking away from this movie, that, like, I was like, if this movie is not, like, unnecessarily and inappropriately sensational, it's boring. <laughs> like, there's no good part. It either makes you feel like garbage or it makes you just want to turn off the movie. Because, like, it's nothing. Once, once the crazy stuff stops happening, nothing else happens. So, I just, oh, I... I have lots of problems with this movie. I wish, I wish that this episode didn't exist because the <laughs> fact that people know that I watched this movie <laughs> makes me feel worse as a person. The fact that I contributed to this piece of media, I, I feel like a lesser person because of that. I feel like whatever I will have accomplished in life, it will be lessened. It will be demeaned by the fact that I watched a freaking clockwork orange all right um listeners i'm just gonna break a lot of this down for you why uh craig catches his breath when we uh picked our decades we took turns kind of just naming movies that would be interesting in seeing uh craig actually named this one yeah okay and i was and i was thinking about that a lot because this is like has like two of the most classic names in um cinema history you know you have stanley kubrick and malcolm mcdowell like you don't not watch that movie, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I haven't seen another Kubrick movie other than Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, it fits our theme. I've actually been kind of wanting to watch this movie for a long time. Lots of people talk about it. A lot of people talk about like the whole milk thing. A lot of people like that scene where his eyes are forced open during yeah. the screening. Like that scene is like, one of the most iconic scenes in cinema history. And I'm like, there's no way we don't watch this movie at some point. So let's do it for the podcast. Let's do it for decades. And then I watched the first 15 minutes of it. <laughs> and I wanted to watch literally anything else. <laughs> hey, is it too yeah. late to watch Star Wars? So, yeah, I watched this movie with my sister of all people, thank God it was her, dude. I watched it with my sister and my wife, Macy, who watches all my movies with me. Um, so that she's seen me watch horrible movies. We watched Lighthouse together. We've watched a bunch of stuff. So at this point, it doesn't phase her. My sister is literally the only person in my family and Macy's family who like went to college, studied like in a film class, had art class. So she's seen like nude artwork. She's watched this in college. She had to do a study on Stanley Kubrick. So she watched this, had to type up a report. So I picked the artsiest person to watch this with. And she was like, let's not tell anybody we watched this. <laughs> let's not bring it up. Let's not say we watched it. Let's not give anybody the name. Dude, this movie was rated X when it came out. For proper reason. Hey. Yeah. I don't blame you. Don't blame you. You're good. 
Makes it, sense. This is the most rated R rated R movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I've watched and we've numerous, seen Django. We've seen Django, dude. We've seen movies with like I think Wolf on Wall Street is like if this is rated R, Wolf on Wall Street is like PG thirteen because Wolf on Wall Street. At least when you're watching it, like well, at least this is consensual. There is <laughs> so much sex in this movie. You're watching two people. I mean, we, we should probably should say this in the beginning. Trigger warning. You watch people get raped on screen. You're watching it happen. I don't think we ever see. No, in the first thing, you literally don't. You don't see penetration, but you know what's happening. There's multiple sex scenes. Multiple. There's a scene where he's just looking at boobs. Boobs are on the screen most of the time. Someone, I will say that for the spoiler section, uh, but penises are dangerous. Um vaginas in paintings boobs and paintings penises in paintings it's crazy it is is absolutely absurd um for all you listeners who are already this deep in and don't know what the movie's about essentially there is a sadistic gang leader who commits violent crimes such as murder and just general assault and battery as well as gang uh sexual assault and gang rapes Excuse my mic bump. Um, he is then imprisoned for these crimes. And then, not to get into spoilers, but you see how that affects him. Because there is a therapy that is supposed to change your mind. The whole movie is about, we found the worst of worst of humanity. Can we make him a good person? Kind of. However, in order to get to that part, you have to watch some brutal stuff yeah you have to watch him become the worst of the worst yeah and it, they, they're trying to make you realize oh it's going to be almost impossible to turn this guy into a good person also i didn't know stanley kubrick was like a maniac but he's known for doing crazy stuff like this i knew he was like difficult to work with and he was like a perfectionist but yeah. um would not have guessed this wouldn't have guessed this yeah uh don't watch this with your family or just don't uh, watch this. You, or just don't, or don't watch, watch this. it. Um, if you have any triggers, don't watch this. If you aren't super cool with your significant other, probably shouldn't cl- watch it with them either. Don't watch this with any siblings. Unless like you guys are the most like it's art, it's film history, and you're not going to take it anything personally. Like if you're the kind of person who could paint like, I don't even know. I can't I have nothing to compare this to. Because this is not like painting a nude model this is so beyond what could be considered art listen it's so like fringe it's crazy no let's let's be let's be very clear if you can watch a snuff film with this person you can watch clockwork orange yeah it's as simple 100%. as that if you've experienced extreme amounts of trauma and you are now completely desensitized this movie is going to make you feel something okay um, do you want to get into spoilers let's <laughs> get into spoilers I promise the spoiler section will not be as whack as this most recent one. Sh- I just had to get <laughs> some things off my chest. Here's the time code once again. So the long short of it, right? We watch him uh, and his group. They stop a rape. They also yeah, brutally and, and assault quick, a homeless I just want to say, mm-hmm. you see them stop a rape and you're like, oh, these guys are like, vigilante-esque you know sometimes they might take things a little too far physically but like all in all they appear to be like for lack of a better phrase like one of the good guys and then the next scene we learn the exact opposite yeah they almost kill a homeless person then you see them break into someone's house assault the male figure i think he's a husband right and you watch his wife get cut out of her clothes and then get raped and then after that you see them try and rape somebody else also there's a scene where he the main character that is um i just want to say his name is alex yeah i was gonna say the reason why he the reason why he doesn't want to say the name is because it's his it's his name yeah um his name is alex played by malcolm mcdowell he goes and picks up two girls at a bar and there is a 24-minute sex scene that is fast-forwarded, so it's still two or three minutes long, and you watch him have a threesome, 
where girls are getting dressed up, undressed, dressed up, undressed, and he has sex with him. Um, and you see that. You also see him have a very weird relationship with family counselor, parole officer kind of person. And that was super uncomfortable because he's just in his underwear. Um, and, and his underwear is him... hanging like half off his body at that as right. well. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously there's a milk bar where there are mannequins that you can get milk from and it just comes out of their breasts. Um, that's at the very beginning and it's a reoccurring uh, setting. Then he attempts to, with his friends and his fellow gang members, rape someone else who gets killed with a penis statue. And then he goes to prison for murder. And that's when you realize what this story is about. However, when that murder happens, you're like, what, 45 minutes into the movie already? Yep. Not having any clue what this movie is about. Yeah. You're just watching crimes be committed. That was and feeling horrible for watching it. That was uh, Andrew's biggest complaint is like, we've seen him do all these terrible things. We're an hour into the movie, but still nothing has happened in terms of progressing what we're watching. Right. Until he gets arrested, you're like, what are we watching? And then once he gets arrested, you're like, oh, there's a plot to this movie. And then, so once he gets arrested, he gets an experimental treatment that's supposed to shorten his sentence. And like, once he does the treatment, he can get out of jail. So he's After he has a super weird relationship with a priest, by the way. Yeah. But yeah. So he's been in jail for two years. He hears of this treatment. He's like, if I do this treatment for two weeks, I'll be out of jail. So he does it. And once he does the, and the, the point of the treatment is to desensitize him and make him physically sick to the thought of overt sexuality and violence. And like the experiment works and it, like, obviously it has its own side effects, but like. Once he still wants to do those things, but once he's experiencing it, like once he sees a naked woman and he wants to act on it, he starts throwing up and he has experienced his physical pain. When he wants to commit violence, he he motions to fight back and starts feeling physical pain and wanting to throw up. And so we, he gets the experiment. He goes out of jail. Here he gets out of jail, rather. And then the movie just stops again. It's just, in in my opinion, nothing else happens after that. There's nothing. He goes to jail, gets treatment, and then nothing happens again. It, it's yeah, just, for a huge break of time, nothing happens. And so, like, he goes home. He finds that somebody has been living in his room. They rented out the room. And he gets upset about that, which, like, is fair at first. But then you realize, hey, they thought you were going to be gone for 14 years. Yeah, Everyone it's not in like that you went to college, dude. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> in that at my least favorite scenes are where people get unnecessarily angry at each other. And nobody in that conversation was handling it how they should have. Nobody yep. should have said, all right, we'll work on a compromise. They're, they it, Ah, frustrating. Dude, also, this movie was eccentric for no reason. Like, the way his mom, Alex's mom, whose name is Mrs. Alexander. Actually, they also he also had two last names, but that's not important. But his mom is the most eccentric person. She looks like a Oompa Loompa. <laughs> She's got a different dress, different eyeshadow, different hair, everything. His house is like a kid's museum with the mirrors and the neon colors. It doesn't make any sense. And then, oh, also, did you know that his character is supposed to be 15 when this movie yes, started? Yes, I did. Yes, I did know that. And it made me very uncomfortable. I, thought, then, I looked it up. I looked it up when he was having that weird underwear encounter with that counselor person. Like, it, what's going on here? What is this dynamic? This feels illegal. So as a because freshman or sophomore in, in uh, high school, and he's also choosing to skip school because, you know, he's committing crimes. Uh, as a sophomore or freshman in high school, he has stopped a sexual assault, committed sexual assault, attempted another, um, killed somebody, and brutally assaulted a homeless person, and had a threesome with probably adults. Yeah, and he and he's also running a gang at this point. Yeah, that like, dude, th- it's felony after felony after felony. Like, I have to be honest, like... I once he left the house after having that altercation, I was just done with the movie. I stopped paying attention. All I remember is he left that house and then eventually he got back around to the house where um, he cut that woman's clothes off. Okay. So what essentially happened 
in the in the time where you were out of it, which is totally fair. Um, he's walking down the street because now he has no place to live. He walks past the homeless person he assaulted. The homeless person remembers him. And then uh, he gets all his homeless buddies being like, hey, remember that one time I almost died? This is the guy who did it. So then they assault him. Then two police officers come to break it up. And guess what? Oh, Those were right, his gang right, members right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that hate him. And tried to kill so him. Then, and then they take him into the woods and waterboard him and try to drown him. Then gets the crap beat out of him. And then when he's barely alive, he walked to the house of the person he sexually assaulted, like the wife of the guy. He gets let in. The old guy recognizes him after taking care of him for a little bit. And then he brings in his buddies and goes, hey, this is the guy who uh, raped my wife, who then, by the way, committed suicide after this happened to her. And then they put him in a room and torture him using the same therapies they used in prison. And then the main character tries to kill himself. And then he gets brought to the hospital and through his treatment at the hospital, his suicide attempt, um, the nurses and stuff, you find out that his treatment that he experienced in prison has worn off. So now he can go back to having these explicit thoughts without you know, being tortured. And that's how the movie ends. Uh, I mean, the movie actually ends with him daydreaming about having rampant sex, and you see that too. So, <laughs> and that sounds like cool things that could be happening. Like, oh, this guy is facing the repercussions of his actions. It's presented in a bad manner, I think. You know, like when you brought up the gang members, like trying to kill him, like, I thought that was interesting. Like, oh, now his gang has come back for him. I think that's an interesting plot point that lasts about 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then we're just back to him being at a house and like nothing happening again. So when it, I, I, this is what I said earlier, if it's not sensational, it's boring. And that, and that, those are my final thoughts. Really? I've never seen a movie so focused on, we're going to shock you into what, liking this movie. We're going to use every explicit thing that we could show on a film. We are going to do everything we can to show you things you've never seen before. And by exposing all these things, we're going to call it art and film. And hopefully you end up liking this movie. They were just one step shy of showing someone legitimately injecting heroin into their veins. Dude, if there would have just been a tad bit more racism... This movie, dude, it, it would have been like one of those banned movies that no one's allowed to see. Yeah. Um, I'm giving this a 4 out of 10. Um, I want to give it higher because I know it's art. The main character got nominated for Oscar. I think he won Malcolm McDowell. But it's one of those things that like, it's a movie you can't watch with other people. It's a, it's a movie that you feel bad for watching the first half. You don't walk away being like, oh, I learned something. You're like, why did I do that? Um, I want to give it higher than a four out of five because it's history. And a lot of times I'll make excuses for old movies. I'll be like, you know what? This is a product of its time. I've done that with all the other movies this month, but I'm going to agree with you. Four out of five is kind of what you got to do for this. Yeah. So I think any more, it feels like I'm co-signing on all the, all the crap they got away with. And I I can't do that. (laughs) So this is definitely, so this is our fourth out of fifth time agreeing on a movie, which is super good. We're going to accomplish our, our goal um, pretty soon. However, if you listen to this and you were upset about how we rated it and you're like, oh, you didn't understand. Like, that's the point. He meant to shock you. Like, like you just don't get it. Like, that's the film of it all. I hate you. I legitimately hate you as a person. Like, I don't like to come at people like this. But if this is your favorite movie and you, like, try to legitimately defend it, go to therapy. I hate you. It's, for me, it's just like, I get that this is film. I get how someone can turn this into art. Because at the end of the day, it's not real, right? Those people weren't actually raped. Those people weren't actually sexually assaulted, right? We know that. However, I'm just like, I need someone to break down to me why they had to do that and why they couldn't have alluded to it. Why did we need to see it? Is it so we felt something? I could, there are better ways to make you feel emotions than actually doing it. I think that's what film does really well is we don't have to be Batman to know what it feels like to be Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
storytelling is all about. I'm going to make you feel something that's not actually happening. We didn't have to watch it happen for us to feel that way. And I think like the best example of that happens in this movie, because as I said before, I watched the first 10 minutes and there's, you know, that girl getting sexually assaulted. And like for in terms uh, of how the rest of the movie goes, it is not as graphic as as the rest of the movie. It's pretty bad, but like um, there's a little bit more implication to it. And you're like, oh, this is weird and it makes me feel uncomfortable, but we move past it. And we move past it and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So I think that there that this movie recognized that there was the line and actively chose to cross it. And there are some people that will commend this movie for that. Like, absolutely good job. You did it. Like, you crossed the line no one else would cross. I'm like... But hey, sometimes that line is there for a reason, buddy. Yeah. What's crazy to me is there's a scene where they're trying to see if um, his therapy worked. And he's on a stage, right? And a woman comes out topless. Do you know that she was originally going to be bottomless? But that would have ensured they were going to get an X rating. So like, oh, at least give her underwear so we can keep her R rating. That's bananas, dude. Like what? Whatever, man. I'm over it. Yeah. It's done. Packaged up. I mean, I'll have to deal with this trauma once again when I edit this podcast, but that's a me problem. Do you want to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Uh, non-movie listeners? I know a lot of time I say, hey, you didn't miss much. If you're wondering, well, maybe I should watch the movie first and then I'll go back in and wa- listen to this. Just listen to it. Just listen yeah, to just it. Listen to everything. Listen, listen to spoilers. To- I promise you, listen to this. And then if you want to, knowing what we gave you, then watch the movie. It is very important that you listen to this part. Also, just listen to the sound of my voice at this point. Listen to its pure dejection and loss of hope. And I hope that you can form an opinion based on that alone. Do you want to do the improv segment now? Yeah, let's do the improv segment, dude. Um, <laughs> hey, so every, yeah. every Tone week change, we have a couple everyone, segments. Let's uh, get ready for that. <laughs> every week we have a couple segments. We have our intro that Craig does most of the time. We have a movie. And then the last half of the podcast is an improv that we completely do on our own, just regular improvisational scenes and things like that. Uh, then we have a middle segment that you need to prep for a little bit. And then one hit wonder, which we never bring back. Today's improv segment is called Compromised Conversations. I've chosen several scenarios where someone would be considered indisposed or compromised. I just want to say real quick, hold on, time out. Um, yep. We have had this discussion before. We're like, hey, Let's make sure we bring back improv segments so that way there's a sense of familiarity. I don't know if Alex has ever brought back an improv segment. Whenever he's in charge of doing an improv segment, he just brings a new one. You yeah, don't I have like to do new that. Ones. I like bringing new ones because if you use repeats, I constantly introduce new ones. Also, ladies and gentlemen, most of the time, it's kind of hard to know if an improv segment works. Um, I mean, sometimes there's definitely ones that definitely work and we'll come back to those. But there's some of them that I'm like, let's just turn that into a one hit wonder and never do that again because that went <laughs> horribly, you know. So I want to introduce some new blood, see if it works, and then that just gives us more stuff to redo. But that's my mentality on this. So compromised conversations. I've chosen several scenarios where someone would be considered indisposed or compromised and they must hold a conversation with someone else. In the midst of the scenario. So scenario one. Craig, you're on the toilet pushing. I knew that's exactly what it was going to be. When you said someone is in a compromised position, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be on the toilet, aren't I? Yeah. And I have have four total. So I'm going to be in just as many compromised positions as you. But you're on the toilet pushing. And I'm trying to have a conversation. I'm not going to make the sounds. I'm not going to degrade myself that much. You please, can, you can, please do. No, you can picture it yourself. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, hey, Craig, you in there? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you doing? I, I'm, I'm just going to the bathroom, man. What, like, pooping? Yes, like pooping. Um, can you describe to me the consistency? Well, to say, you know, you are, you aren't my doctor. You don't need this information. Hey, dude, I'm running a science experiment because someone's been clogging all the toilets 
I just want to see if it's you. We have two other roommates that I'll get to, but you're in here right now. So about how would you describe it? Okay. Firm. Hey, real quick question. If Why wouldn't you just check after I had left? Because I know you're going to flush it, right? Yeah. And, and so the- if it flushes successfully, you know I haven't clogged it. Yes, but how... Okay, first of all, that's not how this works. Because what if there's... I'm trying to gather evidence and as much information as humanly possible. So if you can describe about, I don't know, what you ate, um, stool size is very important, uh, composition if you can, All right. Um, well, firm, soft. All right, well, now I'm going to stand up, turn around, and look in the toilet bowl for no, you, just open your eyes a little bit, lift... You know, you know, you you know that you know, and then describe it. Flush, produce another. Describe that one. I have a I have a clipboard. We'll compare notes at the end just to make sure I got everything right. Okay. So okay, uh, number okay. Yeah, it is like a fluorescent. Dude, this blue thing smells. Color. Did you have the fan on here? Um, I mean, yeah. Usually, is the door locked? Y- yeah. I can just turn on the fan real quick. No, the the fan is on and the door is locked. So- um. Here, I can. I think I can get in. No, give me no, second. no, 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 no. Please don't do that. Please don't Craig, do that. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, give me a second. There, no, yeah, I, no okay. I'm pressing up against oh, the door. No, that. I'm. I'm pre- wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm pressing up against you the door. That. Sorry. Oh, I think Sorry. I hear the fan. I think you have it on. Yeah, I think you're good. But it smells horrible in here, dude. Yeah. Um. As I was saying, like the color is like a fluorescent blue type deal with it. Um. I don't know if that's because the uh, Mountain Dew voltage I had earlier today. I mean, like, it's kind of in a spiral shape. Like, it like it managed to create, like, a hypnosis spiral, like, on um, its own. Cox gun. <laughs> that was Man, making me uncomfortable. You really wanted me so to describe my poop. scenario. Hey, why were you? you're going to uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig. Scenario two. You were talking to me while I'm on the phone with my significant other, and they're trying to break up with me. Uh, hey, Alex. Hey, um, dude, now, uh, can you give me a second? Oh, I'm are you talking to Macy? Are you talking to Macy? Yeah. Oh, can yeah. you tell her that I really enjoyed the basket she sent us? Like, I really hey, appreciate it. Dude, she is not in the mood right now. We're actually going through something, so. Um, oh, oh, uh, dude, I could, hey, I, if you put it on speaker, maybe I can listen to you guys. No, I don't. Here's the thing, man. I, it's kind of personal. Do you mind if, you, can you leave my room? Like, she wants to, Yeah. It's it's Craig. I I know. Hi, give me hi Macy. Hi Macy. Hi. Hey, yeah, he's here. Craig, can you please just give me some space, man? Um, oh, this is kind of, um, this is kind of important. This uh, I really hate to do this. It is kind of a priority. Um, my poop is in a spiraling he's, he's fl- fluorescent blue color. He's still. T- Did you want to look talking. at it? I know that you said that you can were. I, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Please, please, no, please. Hey, just stay on. I promise, give me, Craig. You need to leave, man. Okay, this okay. is really important. Okay. Um, I do want to say though, you haven't paid rent in two months, and the landlord Shut is kind of getting on me about that. He's, so that's not true. That's not true. Yes, I know. I told you, Craig. Please. Okay. Okay. I'm please backing away. I'm backing away. Hey, um, you've been locking your door a lot more. Is there is there like a thing that's happening? Oh like, my I, god! You know, my door is always yeah, open. You know what? You want to break up with me? Do it. Hey, by the way, I know you're sleeping with Craig. Bye. <laughs> all right do we want to do a third scenario uh let's let's do this third and final let's do this third and okay final. would you like to do me talking to you while you're at your father's open wake oh my god or while you're in the middle of making out in the back of a theater let's do the first one all right so i'm sorry lloyd <laughs> <laughs> yeah I- it was it was nice knowing you, but okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be giving a eulogy. Oh, okay. So I'm like a heckler in a crowd. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Um. Hey guys, I really appreciate everyone being here. Um. It, it's been really hard. What with like um, the ongoing stress of the pandemic. I know it's kind of like going down, but uh, the fact that hey, we Craig, were... Craig, yeah. tell that story about uh, when he was making his margaritas. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, my dad, he was nothing if not a gracious host. Um, yeah. When Alex and Macy first came over to visit, um, he he went out of his way to, like, make sure that the margarita mixer was going and everything. And, like, basically they were in the door and he was trying to hand drinks to them and everything. Like, we haven't seen him in two years. What and, a guy, man. And, you know, R. the R. first R. thing he did was try to get him drunk. You know, got, Rest gotta, in gotta power, love King. the guy. Um, so if you guys want to come up and uh, visit the casket, you know, now would be a good time to do that. Did he, uh, is that blackface? Was, uh, what's up with the, who did this makeup? Did you do this, Craig? Did I do, Is that your dad? I don't I recognize do... him. I don't think that's your dad. Is that my dad? <laughs> well, is that I... my dad? Craig, is that you? <laughs> dad? <laughs> dad? Alex. Craig, I think we got our dads confused. <laughs> listen alex our dad's died in the same explosion it's hard to tell you know jeez i guess both of our dads really liked margaritas <laughs> i could have sworn my dad hated tequila but what do i know man uh yeah so do you want to just hop over to your dad's funeral now and we'll yeah. take turns yeah where's your dad's funeral at? am i at the wrong place this, this, this looks like my dad's place no yeah. wonder there's so many black people here i, didn't, I thought it was something fishy yeah. Hey, Uncle Bill, what's up? <laughs> what are you doing here? Oh, yeah, this is my dad's funeral. Did I just get up at the wrong podium? Am I? Yeah, How come nobody stopped me? I don't know. Uncle Bill, why didn't you stop me? I don't know. I figured we, we must have knew him from work or something, but that didn't make any sense. <laughs> we, have anyway. this, we have the same name. I would have noticed that on the program. Yeah. Dude, the open bar over here is legit. Um, yeah. so, uh, let's go to your dad's place. Yeah. Dad, I'll catch you later. Uh, don't go anywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you won't be. I'll <laughs> catch you later. Uh, hey, pallbearers, wrong place down the street. There must have been some kind of mix up. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All right. Oh my bye. god. <laughs> um. So yeah, Dude, I'm gonna tell. Mess. I, <laughs> yeah, what a mess. I'm gonna tell that story at your dad's <laughs> funeral, even though. I- <laughs> okay. Oh, that's hilarious. And that concludes Compromised Conversations. All right. Now for our middle segment. Middle segment is something that takes a little bit more time to prepare. It's a little bit more interactive with the audience. Um, And so I am bringing back uh, Red Flags. The last time we did this, Alex tested me to see how far I'd be willing to go for uh, to live the life that I truly like. And Mm -hmm. now I'm going to do the same for Alex. Alex, I have nine red flags for you for each scenario, each one getting progressively worse and worse again in, you know, uh, maybe not a consistent manner across the three, but such is life. Number one, your dream house. Perfect. The first red flag. There is a half car garage. Can't even fit a whole car. Motorcycle only, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take it. My place right now doesn't have a garage, so I'll take it. All right. Red flag number two. Despite mm-hmm. being in like a normal neighborhood, people cannot find it using GPS. That's annoying. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely walk around. If the house is nice enough, dude, I'll, this is the dream house. Yeah, dream this house. Very, very small inconvenience. I'm still taking it. All right. Red flag number three. It sinks into the ground by one inch every six months. Six months, one inch. That's going to cause some problems. Probably going to have some flooding issues. Yikes. I'm going to take it. My walls are going to be trash, dude. As long as it sinks down consistently across the house, I should be fine. I'm just going to get slowly underground. I'm cool with it. All right. Number four. All the water is of the same quality as Flint, Michigan. All the tap water. So all the showers, all the sinks. Okay. I don't know if there's an issue... With showering in Flint, Michigan water. I think it's just ingesting. Obviously, no baths because you'll soak in it. Yeah. That's bad. Um, brushing our teeth. You're going to have to go to the store and get water. Yeah. We're going to have to do with water bottles or I'm going to have to have Brita filters in every single bathroom. And that could be annoying. Um, I'm going to take it. It's the dream right. house, dude. Number five. It will always cost half your salary to upkeep. Oh, dude, doing it. Hands down. No problem. Okay. Number six. There's a pool in the backyard, but it's public access. Sending it. That's awesome. 100%. All 
All right. Number seven. The KKK uses it as a meeting place once a year. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I historically not a huge fan of interracial marriage. Also, historically not a fan of black people. <laughs> Which um, uh, you kind of strike both of those boxes. It both of them. Um, I mean, if they're meeting by the pool, I think I'll just, obviously this is my house. They know it's going to be here. So they're probably just going to be yelling a bunch of slurs, you know, burning crosses, stuff like that. So I'll just be like, you know what, guys, you get the pool. If you want anything, girls out there, don't come (laughs) in the house. Obviously we're unclean. You're unclean. You can't intermix. You get it. You know, sheets are expensive. My wash is broken. Take them to the laundromat. Um, I mean, I'll take it. I'll just, I'll just have okay. to have a gun on me all the time. <laughs> all right, number eight. There is a completely random chance every night that a bomb siren will turn on at two in the morning. Oh, dude, I'm sending it. 100%. It could happen every night for a week, give you a three-month break, and then do it every night for a year. It's completely random? Yeah. That's fine. I already have a baby that wakes me up. A uh, bomb siren. How long does it last? Um, Like five minutes. Dude. One hundred percent, I'm going with it, dude. First of all, you and I, whenever we play this game, no one's ever made it to Red Flag Nine. No, so let's do it. All right, number nine, there is no internet. You're telling me the KKK is my backyard, but number nine is there's no internet. You can't, and there's no so like no. I'm gonna say no data, no Wi-Fi, no wired. Like it is a doing dead it, dude. spot. I'm doing it. I'm just, it's like a log cabin. This is so zen. I'm writing. I have a typewriter. And like, this is where the memoir comes out. This is where the meditation happens. This is my getaway, you know, when the yeah, KKK yeah. is not in my Ale- backyard. Alex is going to be recording the podcast in a Dunkin' Donuts for the rest of time. You're going to have to come out here. Buy, we're going to have to do it in person. We're gonna. Re- it's my dream house. So I'm going to have a podcast studio, you know, with no internet. And we're going to record our stuff, and then I'm going to have to send some my assistant, you know, um, over to Starbucks to send it off. But I'm taking it, dude. All right. It's the dream house. I'm doing it. All right. Next one. Dream job. Yep. All right. Sweet. Your family can never know what you do. 100% doing it. I'm James Bond, bro. All right. Number two. Your office is in the shadiest part of town. Doing it. I'm doing it. All right. Number three, the uniform is a tank top and a Speedo. Uh, yes. Actually, that makes me more excited. All right. Can you imagine not knowing what I do for a living, but you know my <laughs> uniform is a tank top and a Speedo? Yeah. Like, what is what? I'm doing it. All right. Number four, your work computer is a first generation iPod touch. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Dream job. I'm like a stand-up comedian and an actor. So I'd have to do all my lines like over like MP4 files and just listen to someone say them. And I just have to record. Dude, I don't even know how do I I'm doing it, obviously. But life is hard. But life is hard, bro. I just want to say your work computer is a first generation iPod touch might be the funniest sentence I've ever written in Yo, isolation. Also, can you imagine me just in a speedo in like a you know dilapidated house okay in the projects <laughs> and i'm just listening to an ipad of someone reading me my lines okay okay let's talk about this for a second so if your family can never know what you do i imagine like you get like a netflix stand-up special right and macy's yeah. just at home like browsing netflix and there's always this one frame that just never loads i can see all like like there's you know there's taylor tomlinson there's pete davidson this one this one isn't loading and it's not letting me click on it oh well carry on there's and then like there's a movie that just came out with chris rock and every time they they click on it they're like there's some for some reason it keeps skipping a bunch of his scenes yeah all right next one (laughs) when in order to leave the office you must finish a small bag of randomly assorted candy doing it Doing okay, it. Okay, now when 100%. I say now when I say small bag, I mean like those one serving size of Lay's bags. One serving size. Okay, yeah, sure. Of candy. Yeah. That'd be so fat. And, and it's gonna be random of what candy every time. I'm trying to think of what the worst candy would be. Black Warheads? licorice. 
I like black records. Oh my god! Um, All right, it's got to it's gonna be like Warhammer yeah, or something. Would that make you think twice about going into the office on any given day? It'd literally be like, guys, I'm only working weekends. No, actually, comedians <laughs> work on weekends. I'd be like. Monday through Thursday, I'm going to the office. Dude, my office, all I'm doing is listening to my stand-up and memorizing lines through my headphones on his <laughs> iPad. All right. And I'm in the projects. Yeah, dude, it'd be horrible. I'd be, I'd have to be jacked. All right, next. Yeah. All, all of your memos. Wait, what red flag are we on? You're right on now? number six. This is number six. Okay. Any memo or official email you get is delivered Mission Impossible style, which is to say they're given to you in a very extra manner, and then they self-destruct. I'm doing it purely for spice of life. <laughs> okay. Uh, number seven, you are objectively the least liked person in the office. Um, not, I'm the only one in the office. Okay, well, this uh, puts... Um, what does that mean? If I'm a, If I'm a comedian... And actor, what does that mean? Let's say, let's say you're Am part. I Ellen? No, let's say Does you're part. hate working with me. <laughs> I'm gonna say that you're part of like a creative network, right? Like maybe you're working on like um, with like a pool of comedians. I'm not doing it. That's my red flag where I'm cutting off, dude. Uh, okay, it's like one of the only reasons I'm doing this is I want other comedians to like me. I like, I'm excited for the community. If I'm like on set filming a movie and everyone's like, dude, I can't wait till this guy's off set, or if I'm, <laughs> you know a writer for a TV show or I'm going to a comedy club and none of the people that are my coworkers and the people that I'm working with dude, screw that. I'm quitting. So I stopped at six. The, yeah, you got through six, seven is where you bailed. The, the <sighs> okay, other two, the other two mm-hmm. were when you suggest an idea, your boss tells you it's stupid. Two hours later, somebody else suggests the same thing and your boss loves the idea. What a nightmare. And then number nine is you are su- subjected to daily office pranks and HR does nothing about it. Dude, I just think of The Office, like the TV show pranks, yeah. and that would make me want to kill myself. And also, in the in in a comedian setting, it'd be like me telling a joke. Everyone would be like, that joke's stupid. Two hours later, someone else tells the joke, and they're like, dude, put it in your special. Yeah, exactly. And I would kill myself. I would kill myself. Final scenario? Yep. Your dream kid. You just had a kid. We're going to see mm-hmm. she's perfect in literally every way except for these nine red flags. Dope. Send it. Number one, she's always one of the tallest kids in class. Tallest kids? Yeah. One of the, she's, always. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why well, I'm surprised you're thinking about this. Well, it just means she's going to a private school for little people. That's what that means. <laughs> okay. She has <laughs> she has high functioning anxiety from an early age. See now you you're telling me I have to give my child. A mental illness. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's like yeah, no, you have a child, but she's got you know. No, I always cancer. think of this more as I was. Th- I always think of this more as like, you know, this is just you're not choosing this. You're, you're choosing when to bail, rather. Okay, so you said high functioning anxiety. Yes. Yeah, I'm taking it. Okay, she's, she got it from her dad. Number three, she has yep. way too high of expectations for herself, academically speaking. Oh, she got that from her mother, and uh, we're sticking with it. All right, number four. You know that she will never truly open up to you. (sighs) That would suck, but I know most girls don't open up to their dad about everything, which is fine, um, as long as she's talking to somebody like a therapist or a sibling or her mom, so I'll take that as well. Okay, number five. She often misbehaves, but it's relatively harmless. You know, like Dude. forgets to clean up her room, doesn't always do the dishes when she should, you know, stuff like that. That's rough, dude. I'm going to hear the, I'm going to listen to the next one. If the next one's also bad, I'm bailing on this one too. Okay. Has trouble making friends, but yearns for genuine human connection. Oh yeah. Screw that, dude. No way. I, I'm, no, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next ones were, uh, does not know what she wants to do with her life well into her twenties. Which is normal. Uh, number eight is she initially has a fast metabolism, but when it wears off, she never learns how to eat better and therefore becomes self-conscious about her body. Ugh. And then uh, number nine was she has one eye. Well, if I wasn't going to tap out at eight, no way I was making it to nine. Yeah. Um, where did I stop? Um, so early. Yeah. You got through four. <laughs> yikes. And yikes, uh, yikes, I don't know yikes. if you noticed a theme there. So uh, you bailed out about <laughs> halfway through my personality. I built your kid like me 
and you're like, nah, I'm dipping after four. It's oh, like, Craig, you go- think you're high functioning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm being a little generous. Oh, man. Poor kid. Good dude. That was the hardest one. I went through all nine for my house. My kid, I'm like, oh, imperfections? See ya. <laughs> all right. Uh, hit me with that one hit wonder. One hit wonder, never coming back. It's called Anonymous Apologies. Um, I know it's often difficult to apologize to someone's face. So we're going to offer general or specific real life apologies and hope that the recipient recipient is listening to this episode and we're not naming names. Okay. Oh, we're not naming names. Can I do a first not name? Not naming names. It's just fir- into the universe. And hopefully this person listens to the podcast and they'll know we're talking about them. Okay. I have one right off the bat. Um, Hey. Uh, I want to apologize for when in first grade we were doing an egg toss contest. I dropped my egg and in a fit of fury pushed the person next to me so they would also miss their oh egg and made them. Gosh. Yeah. So that is genuinely something that has haunted me until this day. So if you're I know you're not listening, but if you hear this, I uh, I have wanted to apologize many times, but that would have just been weird. I'm super sorry um, when we were deployed and you felt like you could trust me and you shared that you have a rare disorder where like your earwax will get clogged up and you need someone else to help you out and you asked me to help you and I laughed and said, oh my gosh, you think I would do that? And then you had to go and be vulnerable with someone else and ask them to help you. So sorry about that. Oh my God. (laughs) Um. I'm sorry about uh, me never fully approving of your boyfriend because they made me personally insecure and uh, I was not confident in my relationship with you itself yet. I'm sorry for when you let me babysit your kids and one was just old enough to roll and I didn't know she had reached that stage yet. And I was helping one of your other kids and they rolled off the couch and hit their head on the coffee table. And then when you asked me what happened... I said that they had learned to pull themselves up and fell, and I didn't know that they weren't old enough to pull themselves up. So I had to lie to you and said they reached a de- developmental milestone that they actually <laughs> hadn't because I didn't want to admit that I left them on the couch and they rolled off and hit their head. My bad. Um, I'm sorry that because I did not know how to emotionally reconcile with um, a large amount of change in my life that I took it out on other people that we had exhumed from our life previously. That was a lot of big words next to each other, but it makes sense to me. I'm sorry for, this is multiple people. So in general, you know, who you are, um, me paying for things, taking care of things, um, and expecting some sort of physical affection to be reciprocated because I took care of you. I'm sorry for letting our friendship be defined by my romantic interests and being inconsistent with accepting and not accepting that. That one also goes out to a few people. Uh, I'm sorry. This is also for a few people for uh, not answering phone calls or texts because I just don't feel like it and making you feel like. It is because of you and not because uh, I just don't like communicating that way. Hey, uh, I want to give a big old apology to that uh, to uh, for that one time you texted me like a really long paragraph about how like life was really bad, has been really bad for you. And you're like in an emotionally low point and you went into a lot of vulnerable detail. I ignored it for three days and responded with that sucks. I'm sorry. Um, I'm really sorry for constantly interrupting your class with my antics, trying to get attention from my classmates, which ultimately I totally did and it worked, um, but put you in a compromising position, an embarrassing position where I undermined your authority. Um, I'm really sorry for, uh, just generally not being who I thought I was going to be and like not developing and like creating the life for myself that I wanted and still kind of like relying on certain aspects. I'm sorry that I hadn't seen you in a long time. and I decided it'd be funny to uh, toss around your phone and fumble around um, and just drop it on purpose, kind of on accident, thinking I was going to catch it, not catching it and breaking your phone screen. And then uh, being kind of upset with you when you became upset. Um, How many more do you got? 
I got one more. Okay, you do yours, and I'll try to think of a final one as well. Uh, I'm sorry for sabotaging your podcast with all my antics and, uh, you know, trying to get us canceled and um, sometimes deliberately asking you not to cut stuff out. And hopefully it's not affecting our viewership. Uh, I want to apologize for actually, no, I'm not going to apologize. No, I'm perfect. There we go. Yeah, we're good. Um, All right. Sounds good. That's anonymous apologies. Thanks. It's never coming back. Yeah. Yeah. how yeah we're not gonna be that vulnerable again it's <laughs> never happening again yeah. all this stuff was real yeah what? i did not say a fake thing that entire time <laughs> um thank you so much for listening to the permanent good podcast next week we are watching molly's game we've been teasing a guest for that episode for a little while now we are super excited for that episode um i'm gonna have to figure out how to edit a skype call to make it listenable but you know, that's, that's next week's problem um, yeah, man, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Permanent Good on Twitter and Facebook are the best places to do that. You can follow me personally at Permanent Handle. And you can follow me at Alex the Goods, G O O D E S, on all social medias. Uh, I also uh, I do have one more apology. This one goes out directly to the audience. Um, I'm sorry for kind of blowing up at you guys back there. Um, I just had a, a lot of uh internalized rage that i kind of had to stew on for you know 16 hours because my co-host set me up for failure and i took that out on the listeners and that's not fair um i think it was hilarious maybe do it again please okay that was fun well uh thank you for listening we will be back next week uh as always my name is craig wells aka permanent handle i'm alex good aka alex good have fun be safe and make good choices uh and while you're at it tell your mama said hi see you next week deuces